Throughout the 1980s, a strange phenomenon was sweeping North America. They were in a panic. And like people in a panic, they want solutions. Allegations of underground satanic cults torturing and terrorizing children. The thing is, there were no satanic cults preying on children. And nearly 30 years later, the people touched by it all are still picking up the pieces. This isn't a work of fiction. This is a work of history. Satanic Panic, available now. This is a CBC Podcast. A story about your health care and where you will be able to access that care. Two big-name companies, Manulife and Loblaw, struck a deal this week, one that will affect where some Canadians can fill their prescriptions. Under this agreement, if you've got a drug insurance coverage plan with Manulife, certain specialty drugs will only be available in future at Loblaw-owned pharmacies. That includes Shoppers Drug Mart. This deal covers some 260 drugs for life-altering conditions such as arthritis, Crohn's disease, and multiple sclerosis. The federal industry minister, Francois-Philippe Champagne, says that he is concerned about the deal and that the government is reviewing the arrangement. Steve Morgan is a professor at the UBC School of Population and Public Health. He specializes in pharmaceutical policy. Steve, hello. Hello. I gave the kind of thumbnail sketch there, but tell us more about this. As you understand it, what is this agreement between Manulife and Loblaw? Sure thing. Uh, so this is what's called a preferred pharmacy network deal with the with the insurance company, and it's very common in the United States. And indeed, these have begun to exist in Canada for a few years now. What happens is it's an example of how the insurance company can extra- extract uh, additional savings and, frankly, additional profits to the insurance company by getting the pharmacies to compete with them on how much of their the usual pharmacy margins will get passed on to the insurance company in exchange for being the exclusive pharmacy for that insurance corporation. So these things are fairly common in the United States. In fact, very widespread. They're beginning to occur here in Canada. And I think the story here isn't so much just one instance. Hmm. It's the fact that this is the future insurance and pharmacy in Canada if we don't go forward with a universal public pharmacare program. This is really interesting. I'll get to the future point in a moment, but I think people are wondering whether they're going to be impacted by this. Manulife says that fewer than 1% of its group benefits members would be impacted. But for Canadians who rely on these specialty drugs, the 260 drugs that are part of this, what does it mean for them? So what it means for the people who require these medicines, and yes, this is these are drugs that cost you know patients or cost the system ten thousand dollars a year or more. So these are these are not your garden variety prescriptions for common ailments, but for the people who have the serious conditions requiring these specialty medicines, they are now required to go to a Shoppers Drug Mart or other Loblaws-owned pharmacy and get their prescriptions filled there. So they, they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't they be can, able to go to, if they have a local pharmacy or a pharmacy that's operated by a different brand, they couldn't get those drugs there. Yeah, precisely. So what happens is that Loblaws has bid for the exclusive rights to sell to Manulife clients. And and, and so Loblaws has paid Manulife a percentage of the sales of the specialty medicines. And in exchange, they become the exclusive retailer. Manulife will mail you your prescription. So if you do live in an area where it's 
have access to Shoppers Drug Mart or another pharmacy, another Loblaw pharmacy, they'll send you your prescriptions. But the the key there's two real points to this policy that are that are problematic and we need to watch out for. First of which is this issue of, of access and the question about whether or not it's it's a good thing for the patients because patients essentially are going to have to forego the relationships they may have built with pharmacists are healthcare professionals. They often have long-standing relationships with their patients, and and that's a good thing. What we want to do is create a, a marketplace where there's reasonable competition in pharmacy, but not take away the choices that patients might have, particularly the choices to continue to use the pharmacist with which they had a long-standing uh, relationship. Manulife says this is the a Manulife says this is a matter of choice. For, for patients. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Manulife's been pretty good on spin with regard to this policy. They've, they're kind of suggesting that this is something good for patients and good for, for, for people. And the, the truth is, is that it is necessarily a restriction on choice. The only way Manulife even would move forward with this is if they got an, uh, a kickback from the, the pharmacy, the, a, a reduced price on the drugs that are being sold. Um, and, and, and in exchange for that kickback, they have to reduce the choices that patients have. Now, of course, we want, again, competition in the pharmacy sector. We do want to see some reduction in prices when, whenever it's possible to do in a responsible way. The, the second problem with this kind of policy is, or there's two parts of it. One, when a private insurance company negotiates a deal with a drug manufacturer, from the drug company to, for being the exclusive drug in a therapeutic category or from a pharmacy for being the exclusive pharmacy for the insurance company, the money that is saved does not necessarily go back into patient care. It does not necessarily go back to the employers that pay for the private insurance. What happens is a significant amount of that money goes to shareholders and corporate executive bonuses. So that's a problem. Patients are being asked to limit you know, choices in terms of where they get prescriptions for the sake, in part, of profit to the shareholders in the company. The other problem is, is that the pharmacy market itself, so where you go to fill your prescriptions, the marketplace for that retail pharmacy is, is not a standard competitive market where there's hundreds of different companies that are relatively small in size competing with each other. The Canadian pharmacy market is dominated by a few big franchises, a, a few big corporations that own many chains of drugstores. And Loblaws is one example of that. In fact, it's one of the biggest examples of that. And so when an insurance company says to the pharmacy business businesses out there, you guys can, you know, propose deals with us, propose ways that we, maybe you could, uh, you know, give us a bonus in exchange for exclusive rights. Mm you know that that kind of competition is going to definitely favor the big corporate chains. And as a consequence, it's going to squeeze those neighborhood and community pharmacies or the pharmacies that might be located in rural and remote locations. And they're going to force more of them to switch over to becoming essentially another one of the, the big chain corporations. We're going to talk more about that in just a moment, but very briefly, we're out of time with you. But it, I mean, you said this is the future. The, the, uh, Francois-Philippe Champagne has said, the, he's the industry minister, has said that he is concerned about this deal. What would you say to him about how his government should, should think about its review of, of this arrangement? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I would say to, to any minister of the Liberal Party 
fulfill their promise of implementing a universal public pharmacare system where we had universal coverage of medicines, just like we have universal public coverage for doctors and hospitals. And that's because the managers of a public system would make sure that these kinds of policies uh, benefit the the patients mm-hmm. and the system. And, and that's important. The other thing I would l- to tell the, the government to look at is, you know, take a look at, at the United States. Right now, the con- in pharmacy in the United States is quite concerning. And the integration between pharmacy and insurance companies is an extraordinarily powerful economic entity in the insurance sector, in healthcare. And I don't know if that's the future Canadians want. Steve, we'll leave it there. Good to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Steve Morgan, professor at UBC School of Population and Public Health. Kristen Watt is the vice chair of the Ontario Pharmacists Association and one of those small pharmacists has a, uh, a pharmacy, Kristen's Pharmacy in beautiful Southampton, Ontario. Kristen, good morning to you. Good morning, Matt. How could this deal affect you and your pharmacy if it goes forward? And as we say, these 260 plus drugs uh, are only uh, available to pick up through a Loblaw-owned pharmacy. I think more importantly is how it will affect my patients, which is our biggest concern in but, our pharmacy. And we can get to that in a moment, but for you as a small business owner, I mean, what does that mean? Oh, it's very concerning. It's very concerning. Does it scrape out the higher cost drugs, which may lead to higher margin, which we use to offset some of the costs in all of the um, products that we provide to patients and all of the services that may be underfunded that we provide? It's very concerning to take out high value things from any pharmacy and let us do just the small margin things for sure. Is it a threat to your business? Uh, I hope not. And we're working very hard, but it could be, it could be because what's to stop this from happening for all medications right now, it's just high cost or what they call specialty. There's nothing special about a number of these medications. They're just high cost. And we've just decided to call them specialty because they have high value and therefore high margin and high profit. But what is to stop this from happening with all medications? So patients then have to get everything. And we have seen that in certain instances in Canada where there are PPNs that exist, where they don't have a choice. Patients don't have a choice about their pharmacy provider at all, regardless of the medication. That's the concerning because this is just the beginning mm. of a slippery slope trend. Yeah, I just wonder, I mean, again, there are fewer and fewer, to Steve's point, there are fewer and fewer operations like yours, small, independent, uh, small, I mean, compared to the large chains, independent pharmacies. And you just wonder whether at some point in time that means that operations like yours will just be gobbled up by those big players. It could happen. Um, we are we independent pharmacies represent about fifty percent of Canadian pharmacies at this time. But if we only have to look south of the border where this happens all the time, and independent pharmacies are closing on mass at this time because they just can't compete with these types of closed loop networks and the PPNs that exist because they can't service their patients at a loss and they can't compete with the buying power and the the big corporations. Not talking about your. A pharmacy specifically, but Manulife says on its website that many pharmacies, especially fall, small pharmacies, don't carry these specialty drugs because of their complex nature and special storage and handling requirements. Can you handle those, carrying those drugs? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no, so first of all, most pharmacies don't keep these in stock. We order them in when we get a prescription order for them. And that's the same for every pharmacy. And there's nothing to say that I on my corner or a big pharmacy on the corner across from me can't order the same drugs. There's no reason we can't do that. There are no special storage requirements. We all have monitored fridges in our pharmacies. There's no reason we can't handle that. And the complex nature, I can staff my team 
to meet the needs of my patient because I don't have any shareholder pressure that I have to answer to and make sure that things are excessively profitable. So I can meet the needs of my patients by reinvesting in patient care, by bringing in the specialists in my pharmacy. We have a nurse who works in our pharmacy. Mm. We have four pharmacy technicians and three pharmacists. We are heavily staffed to meet the needs of our patient. There's no reason we can't scale up to meet the complex needs of our patients. And we have through COVID. And what will it mean then for those customers, particularly for smaller pharmacies in smaller communities like yours? So the big concern is their ability to access the care. So if there is not a pharmacy with which their insurance company has a PPN, in their neighborhood, how do they get those medications? Do they have to drive? I'm in a rural area. Do they have to drive down the Bruce Peninsula, 50, 60, 90 kilometers to arrive at the pharmacy that can be the only one to service them through their insurance? Do they have to stay home and wait for the delivery to arrive because the deliveries can't just be left at the door like Amazon? I have patients who have missed doses of their medication. Their medications have been late because the delivery hasn't come, especially in rural areas, especially during the winter time. So it, it removes removes the patient autonomy, it removes the patient choice, and in some cases it's actually impacting their overall care because they aren't home, they are missing them, or they can't get to the locations to pick these up. That's exceptionally concerning. And that doesn't even get into the therapeutics of they don't have the relationship with that pharmacist who's providing that care. They may not be able to even get through to the pharmacy and ask those questions. This week alone, I had a medication order go to a specialty pharmacy, and it took me two days to get through to that pharmacy to get the prescription transferred to us. If I can't get through, that means the emergency department can't get through when they need a list of the patient's medications. That means the patient can't get through mm. when they have questions. And yet Manulife says this is about choice. I'm just reading off of their website. This is greater choice in how patients and Canadians can access and receive the services they need for their health and wellness. Patient choice would mean the patient has the option to go to any pharmacy of their choosing. When a patient is diagnosed with a chronic illness, a new chronic illness or cancer requiring these drugs, this is a lot. This is really overwhelming for the patient. They need to be able to access the providers of their choice to have these conversations. In our neighborhood, I know my patients. I know their families. When something like this happens, they're coming in and sitting down with us and telling us about their new diagnosis, and I'm walking them through their entire journey of care. That's just not happening with somebody that they don't know, with a new pharmacist that they don't know whether or not they're in front of them or on the phone. They just don't have that same history, that same rapport. The other thing is, is they may not have a comprehensive understanding of all of their other illnesses because it's very rare for a patient to have no other comorbid conditions. So we're managing all of these things at the same time for the holistic care of the patient in front of us. And that's the big concern. The patients aren't going to continue to receive that level of care. It's really not about choice. Just a few seconds left. Do you think this is the future? I really hope it's not. There's no evidence. You that hope this it's not. But do you cost. think it is? No, no, we're going to fight for it. Um, Quebec does not allow this. If you look at any agreements and PPNs, they explicitly uh, remove Quebec from them because they have legislation that bans things like this, that bans inducements, that bans profits from going to anybody other than pharmacy care providers. That's what we need across Canada. And that's what we're pushing for. No, I won't let this happen. We'll leave it there. Glad to talk to you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Kirsten Watt is the vice chair of the Ontario Pharmacists Association and a pharmacist and owner of Kirsten's Pharmacy in Southampton, Ontario. Your thoughts on this or anything else we've talked about, welcome. You can email us, thecurrent at cbc.ca. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.